All right. Do me a favor. I'm going to ask you to be seated. Thank you for welcoming each other today and uh, so glad that you are here. I want you to do me a favor. There is a connect card that looks just like this, and it's located in the back of the pew racks. If you are a guest today, we would love for you to take just a moment during the service and to fill this out. We would love to get to know you and just to be able to say thank you for being a part of our service today, and uh, we are glad that you are here. A lot of places that you could be, but I'm glad that you are here today. One of the things that we want to do today is just, just to kind of celebrate um, our upward soccer season. And we had a blast. And so you're going to see a lot of folks today that I have on a shirt that look just like this. And most of those are either a coach or a volunteer. We had folks to help us park. We had folks to help us in concession. We had folks to help us do Bible, you know, the uh, devotion during the week. And, uh, and so it was a wonderful season. And uh, we've got um, several of our families that are here today. So here's what I want you to do. If you're here today and you played upward soccer, if you and your family's here, I want you to stand up real quick. All right, do that. Do that. All right. Thank you. You look so good. And I hope someday you might just be a professional soccer player, all right? And you just make lots of money and give it to your mom and dad. How about that, all right? So that'd be a great idea. That'd be a great idea. But parents, thank you. Thank you for being at the practices. Thank you for being at the games. And I hope that it was, uh, one, I hope it was just a good experience for you. And so we just want to say thank you for letting us love on your kids and loving on you. And, and so remember, today, after we dismiss, we're going to go right back out those doors. We're going to go downstairs and go as far as you can go downstairs, hang a left, and around the corner, I'll lead you there, all right? And we're going to have dinner together today or lunch, whatever you want to call it. I say lunch. But we're going to have lunch together today and just to celebrate you. So thank you for being here. If you helped park, if you helped with concessions, uh, if you did any of the devotions, uh, if you coached and you're in here right now, would you stand up? All right. God bless you. They're kind of sprinkled all around us, all right, sprinkled all around us. Thank you all so much, especially, you know, if you, if, you, if you coach, that's a big commitment, right? That's a big commitment. And so thank you for doing that. Thank you for investing in these young children. Thank you for investing in these families. And that just means a, a big deal to us. Now, there, there is, there's definitely two other people that I, I definitely want to recognize. So one standing in the back, and I'm going to ask him to come all the way right here. Where's Miss Patty? Is she in here? Is she on her way in? All right, y'all two come here. Y'all two come here. None of this would have ever happened had it not been for Doug and Patty Knight, right? That's a fact. That's a fact. Amen. I, 
I wish you could hear the conversations that Doug and I have about how much he, one, I know that he loves Jesus, I know that he loves the church, I know that he loves this community, and he has such a heart for us to figure out any possible way that we can connect all those things together. And so, Doug and Patty, thank you. Countless hours, there's no telling how much man hours that you've put into it, how many hours you've prayed, how many hours you've sacrificed, but I want you to know we, we really do honor you today, and we appreciate your investment in kingdom work. And uh, don't stop, all right? Don't stop. We need you. Amen. Would you just show them your love and appreciation once more? God bless you. Amen. Well, I want to pray, and we're just going to begin our time of worship today. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for who you are and all that you are doing. And God, we know that you are up to something good. And sometimes, Lord, we may not always can see it, but Lord, we can sense it. And so, Lord, we just give you this service today. We want you to come. We want you just to, to speak to us through our time of worship, through a time of giving. Lord, as we worship you through the word today, we pray, Jesus, that we would just see you for who you are. And that, God, as you speak, God, that we would listen. And as we listen, that, God, you would give us hearts that would be obedient unto you. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for all of our guests today. God, what a blessing it is. And I pray that we'll just worship and serve you today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and lift our voices together today. Come all you weary. Come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find His mercy. Come to the table He will satisfy. Taste of His goodness. Find what you're looking for. For God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only Son to save us, whoever believes in him will live forever. Bring all your failures. Bring your addictions, come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. For God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only son to save us whoever. Walking in freedom for God so loved, God so loved the world. 
Jesus, who rescued me from that grave. Yahweh, Yahweh, who gets the glory and praise. Nobody but Jesus, who rescued me from that grave. Yahweh, Yahweh, who gets the glory and praise. Nobody but Him, this is our God, this is who He is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God. this morning. He is worthy of that. He is worthy of that. There is a song that we sing in the church. It's an old song. It was written in the 1800s. And this song was born out of a time of sorrow and tragedy. Horatio G. Spafford, he had sent his wife and his daughters on a transatlantic cruise. They'd had a terrible life. There's a book on their life called Our Jerusalem. It's out of print, but you can find it in secondhand stores and sometimes on Amazon. You just need to pick it up and see what all he had been through before he sent the daughters and the wife. And they ran into trouble on that, on that uh, cruise, and the ship sank, and lots of people perished, including his daughters. And his wife got to England, and she wrote him a telegram. And on the telegram were just two words. Saved alone. Saved alone. He took the telegram. He got on the next boat across. And he had asked the captain of the ship that when they got to the place where his daughters had perished with so many, that he would be awakened in his cabin, that he might just be aware of the place. So he took that telegram of those two words, saved alone, and he went to the deck of the ship, and in the early morning hours, he wrote the song that we now know is, It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Yeah. 
Let's pray together. Our Father, how grateful we are that we can stand here in your place today and sing that song, It Is Well. But you are God. This is what you do. You love us. You save us. You make a way that where you are, we can be also. And Lord, it is only fitting that as we continue in worship at this time that we give back to you a portion of what you've given to us so, so bountifully. So Lord, would you just take these tithes and offerings and use them to do your work, to build your kingdom, to send your representatives into a lost and dying world that needs to know that it can be well with their souls also. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you so much, choir musicians. Again, it's so good to see each of you here today. And again, I want to say how much we appreciate all of our Upward families being here today. And uh, at the end of the service, I'm going to pray, and then we'll go out those doors and go downstairs, and we are going to eat. All right? Matter of fact, I could just go ahead and say the blessing right now. All right? We'll just go eat. But I, I do want to share just a quick word today out of Ruth chapter 3. We've been in this Old Testament book of Ruth. And what a beautiful love story. And I think it's taught us a lot. And uh, I've tried to go back and look at the, the names, look at the individuals, and what do those names mean? What do they represent? Even the area where they were. And, and so here is a family. And this a guy named Abimelech, and whose name means God is, my, God is my king, but he really didn't live as though that God was his king. And he made some, some really some tragic mistakes. And one of those things, instead of living in Bethlehem, the house of bread, he chose to take his family to a place called Moab, which means house of destruction. And, you know, sometimes our, our decisions in life have some consequences that we may not have thought about when we made them. Truth be told, uh, you don't even have to make bad decisions to even suffer the consequence of a bad decision. If I make a bad decision, that probably is going to play on Pat. I, I, you, you threw me off guard there, Pat. Mike Harrison is with us. That's Pat's cousin. But he's my cousin too, all right? He probably drove the furthest today. A little bit? A little bit. That's right. You're from Alabama, right? Roll Tide. <laughs> I just made all the Clemson fans so angry right now, right? And... Um, but uh, if I make a decision, that decision could impact Pat. That decision could impact our kids. If I make bad decisions as your pastor, that could impact this entire body. You understand that, right? And so sometimes our, our decisions, our choices, they do have impact. And this one had a terrible impact upon their life. And so they have two sons, and they named their sons Sickly and Piney, Right? And so this, this story just kind of gets worse. And so here is, here is Ruth. She uh, is married now to one of the sons, and Orpah married the other son. And then they all start dying, which is terrible. And so now you've got three ladies. They're on their own. The time period of that day was devastating. And Naomi, whose name means pleasant, on one occasion said, don't call me pleasant anymore. I want you to call me Mara because my life is bitter. Things are not turning out the way that I wanted them to turn out. And truth is, maybe many of us here today, you can identify with that. Maybe where you are, there's kind of some consequences and just where you are is not where you thought you would be. Well, I got good news for you today. Just because there's a bend in the road doesn't mean it's the end of the road. That God can use these circumstances in our life to actually pave the way that we can know him in a deeper way, that we can know his fullness. And so by the time you get into the end of 
chapter 1, you know that Naomi has heard that God is doing something again in Judah. And Judah means praise. And she is sick and tired of being sick and tired. This girl is ready to get her praise on. And so they begin to make their way toward Judah. They're going back to Bethlehem. They're going back to the house of bread. They're going to experience God's provision in in a way that's absolutely going to blow their mind. And so by the time you get into chapter 2, you discover that now here comes Boaz, and he's a chief figure in the story. Now, he's not the main character, but he's a big character in the story. And he owns these fields, and he's strong, and he's wealthy. He's a man's man. If you are a single lady here today, that is the kind of man that you want to marry. He's got money. Praise the Lord, okay? He's got some money. He's got standing. He doesn't watch chick flicks. He doesn't wear skinny jeans. He doesn't drink decaf coffee. He is a man's man. He's a man's man. And so he is a distant kin. And and so now, now the story starts and you begin to see Boaz's reaction toward Ruth. He sees her integrity. He sees her character. He sees the love that she has for her mother-in-law. I mean, it really is a beautiful story. And now by the time you get to chapter 3, and chapter 3 is so deep, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now, uh, I'll never get through it all, okay? So I'm not even going to attempt to today. I want to show you one thing, and I want to show you one attribute in this whole drama that's all through this drama, and it's the one thing that I want to look at today, and that is the word kindness. Kindness. If you go back and look in chapter 1, verse 8, you see the word kindness. If you look in Ruth chapter 2, verse 20, you see the word kindness kindness. In our text today in verse 10, you're going to see the word kindness. Now, if you go back into the Hebrew, it is the Hebrew word hased. You know, a lot of times I'll try to tell you, here's a word, you know, either in the Greek or the the Hebrew, and here's what the English version would mean. Well, I got a problem today because there is not an English word that helps us capture and understand adequately the word hased. I mean, it's a fantastic word. If you could imagine, if you could imagine love, loyalty, faithfulness, compassion, generosity, mercy, all rolled up into one, you would understand the word hased. And most of the time in the Old Testament, it was always used to describe God's love toward his people. So it's a a divine love. It's not something that's manufactured or created. It is a love that flows from the heart of God to his people. And so here's what I want to do today. This is a narrative, and I'm going to preach it like a narrative. I'm going to speak through this thing. I'm going to show you five quick things, and then I'm going to show you five quick things about our great God. Is that a plan? All right, good. I only needed three, and I had three. That's fantastic. All right. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word. Matter of fact, if, if uh, you've got a Bible or a, a device, doesn't matter to me how you use it. Uh, you, can, you can use whatever, but I would love for you to follow along with me. As a matter of fact, hold that Bible up and say this with me. This is the Bible. It's God's holy, infallible, inerrant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing Word. 
Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor, and do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then go, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say I will do. And so she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, his heart was merry, and he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And then she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid down. And at midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman was laying at his feet. Now, can you imagine? You were, you were sound asleep last night, right? It's midnight, sound asleep. And have you ever, like, like if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're, you're, you're asleep, but yet you know somebody is standing over you, right? Now, you know it's got to be a, so if you're the, the mom, you know it's either got to be a kid or it could be your husband. If you're the dad, it's your wife, it's your kids, but it still startles you, right? That's, that's where Boaz was. Our kids make fun of us all the time. They'd say when, when it was really late at night and we need, there was an emergency, we, we knew that we could go to dad and we would go, dad, dad. And then dad, you would just kind of open your eyes. But if we went on mom's side of the bed and we said, mom, mom, she always did this. <gasps> <You know? laughs> we'd just suck all the oxygen out of the room, right? So that's where Boaz is. I mean, this blows his mind. He's, he's in the barn. They, they, have, they have just taken the wheat, and they are thrashing the wheat, and they've got the grain, and all the chaff has been scooted over to the side. See, see this is how they made their money. This was the night when everybody understood how much money they were going to make. That's why they were eating. That's why they were drinking. This was an important moment. And here in the midst of this, here comes this lady named Ruth. And when he goes to sleep, she uncovers his feet. And I won't go into all of that today. But anyway, it just scared him to death. And here's what the rest of the scripture says. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you have asked. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. And there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If, you will, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until morning. So she laid his feet until morning and arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you were wearing, hold it out. And she held it out, and he measured about six measures of barley and put it on her. And then she went into the city, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, how did you fare, my daughter? And then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave me. And he said to me, you must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. And she replied, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest but we'll settle the matter today. Lord, thank you for this beautiful Old Testament passage. And God, I'm just asking you in the next few minutes that we have together, that God, you will just teach us about you. 
And that, God, you would teach us much about the importance of relationship. And that, God, we would know more about your loving kindness toward us. And we ask this today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to make several observations when you are walking through this text, and it all has to do with the word love. Love is patient. Did you see that in the text? Here is this patient love that's been brewing through the entire book. A mother-in-law is patiently loving her daughter-in-law. Now, that's a beautiful thing right there, right? That's a beautiful thing. And here's a daughter-in-law who's been so patiently loving her mother-in-law. Here is Boaz, the kingsman redeemer, who's been so patient with Ruth, and he has blessed her, and he has encouraged her. And even in this moment, he continues to bless her. You know, love is kind of a risky thing. Faith is a risky thing. And so in the, in the context of chapter 3, here is, here is the mother-in-law, Naomi, saying, Ruth, I want you to get up. I want you to take a shower. I want you to, I want you to put on your best dress. I want you to put on, your, put on some perfume. And then I want you to go down, and I want you to spend some time <laughs> with Boaz. All right? So this is a beautiful picture, but it has an element of faith. It has an element of risk and Ruth loves her mother so much that she loves her with this great patience. And and she said, all that you say, I will do. Love. Love is patient. Love is kind. God is always patient and long-suffering with us. The second thing I want you to know is that love protects There's a protective love that you see here. Now, we know that God is orchestrating everything in this drama. He's orchestrating everything in this drama. And yet what you see here is a protective love. And so Naomi wants to protect Ruth because she knows in that day and in that culture, it was not a good thing to have lost your husband. Widows were definitely looked down upon in that culture. And so she did not want her daughter-in-law to be alone. She did not want her to have to struggle in life. She she wanted her to, to know joy and happiness and fullness and abundance. And so here is this beautiful, patient, protective love. And she is giving her an idea to, to about provision. And so now Naomi wants to protect Ruth from becoming an old maid. She doesn't want her to to be a widow the rest of her life. It's a beautiful picture of protection and safety. Did did you know that real love protects? Real love always wants the best for the other person. But not only that, this love is a pure love. you got to remember when all this is happening. This is happening during the Day of the Judges. The last sentence in the book of Judges is this sentence. Everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. And so there are a lot of Bible commentators that believe what you have in chapter 3 is kind of an iffy, kind of shady kind of thing. That a mother-in-law would tell her daughter-in-law, hey, take a bath, put on perfume, put on the best clothes you got, go down at night, go into a barn. Find the guy that you want, lay down beside him, 
Now remember, this is descriptive scripture. This is not prescriptive scripture. In other words, this. This is not how you want to teach your kids to do this, right? There's not a parent in their right mind that would would say, you know what, we have a daughter and she's in college and we're going to teach her, hey, here's what we want you to do. Get up, take a shower, put on the best dress you got, put on the best perfume you got. Go to the guy's dorm. When it's about midnight, pick you out a guy, lay at his feet, take his socks off. Nobody would do that, right? So remember, this passage is descriptive because, remember, this happened 3,000 years ago. Different time, different place, different motives. And so this kind of love that, that, that Naomi is loving Ruth with is patient, it is protective, but it is pure. There is nothing in the text that would indicate any morality whatsoever. And can I just tell you that when you are walking with the Lord Jesus and and even in relationship with one another, it glorifies God when you are in a relationship and that relationship is pure, it's beautiful, it's honest, it's just. There's nothing immoral about it. You know what we need? We need more relationships just like that. We live in a world where it seems to be okay to be immoral. It is in to be immoral. It is in to do whatever you want to do. If it feels good, do it. I'm thankful to Jesus that that is not the way that you see this playing out in this text. Now, what you see that this real love is pure. It's a uh, a picture of integrity. It's a picture of holiness. It's a picture of love that is created by God. It's a divine love that springs up from one heart to another. And you know what my prayer would be today? My prayer would be that God would raise up more Ruths and more Boaz all across this room. Young men, young women who will love each other in such a pure and beautiful way that brings honor and glory to God, not just gratifying our flesh at every whim, not compromising the holiness of God, not just pursuing our own pleasures, but real love is is pure. It's patient. Real love protects. Number four, real love provides. Real love provides for one another. It's not about taking, it's about giving. Pat and I are not, not you, you know this, not too far down the road, Lord willing, uh, August 27th, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we're going to celebrate 40 years. And I discovered something. I mean, I didn't realize it at the moment, but here's something that I've realized in these 40 years. When we got married, everything that Pat owned was hers. And I realized that everything that I owned was hers. I mean, that's just the way it goes, right? But can I tell you, I'm okay with that. I am okay loving Pat in such a way that I don't have to 
fend for myself, but if I give and bless and encourage her, there is incredible joy in that. Real love provides, and that's what you see in here. So, so here is here's Boaz. He wakes up. Here is Ruth, and you know what she's doing? In that day and in that culture, it's going to blow your mind. Ruth is actually proposing to Boaz. Now, if you, if you study this out, you discover Boaz was older than Ruth. And because she was younger, he would never have taken the first step. And so her idea of going there, laying at his feet, uncovering his feet, say, Kim, what was all that about? That was her way of proposing a proposal to Boaz. It was her way of saying, I want you to understand. I know the culture of our day. I know all the background of our day. And and it would not look right for you to pursue me. So I want you to know I am pursuing you. (laughs) And it wasn't even leap year. All right? This wasn't even a Sadie Hawkins dance. You know what I'm saying? So what's going on here is here is this love for Boaz because she knows she needs a redeemer. She needs someone to be there for her. She needs someone to love her, to provide for her, to protect her. And she cannot do it on her own. And so she listened to the words of her mother-in-law. And by faith, she said, I'm going to do everything that you say to do. You know, faith faith is a crazy thing, isn't it? It's one thing for me mentally to believe something and to think it could happen, but until it becomes volitional and I give myself to it, then I haven't really experienced faith. And what you see here is Ruth exercising amazing faith in the words of her mother-in-law because she knows that God himself is orchestrating this entire event. So love provides. That's why he said to her, let me have your shawl. And he put in six, he put it, it's it's like 30 to 60 pounds worth of grain, which is more than he gave her the first time, which which is great because you sang a song today that talked about God doing abundantly more. That's the picture here in Ruth chapter 3. That when God does something, boy, he does it right. Amen. And so here is Boaz loving her abundantly and providing for her. Last thing I'll say is this. Love has a price. Naomi is risking putting Ruth in a crazy bad position. Ruth risks her own reputation and her future. Boaz risks it all by going to the gate and declaring his love for a Moabite woman. But love risks. That's why the word kindness, think about that. In this story, you've got faith, You've got love, you've got grace, you've got mercy, you've got compassion. It's the picture of God. And so as I'm walking through this, here's what I would say to each of us today, very quickly. That the supreme God of the universe, the creator of all things, 
loves each of us with a patient love. The Bible says that God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves us with a patient love. God loves us with a protective love. Chapter 2 is about refuge, right? The, the, the picture of here, here's an, an eagle and some eaglets, and, and the eagle would wrap their wings around those little eaglets. Why? Because mama eagle is their refuge. That's the picture that God is our refuge. He is the only one that can satisfy every longing in our heart. His love protects. He spreads his garments over us. He is our refuge. He is our fortress. There is no struggle. There is no circumstance or storm bigger than God. I don't know what difficulty you brought with you today. All of us are messed up somehow, some way. Don't want to disappoint you, but we are all messed up. Sin messes us up. Sin will make us stupid. That's just a country redneck way to say it, all right? And that's all I am. That's all I want to be. But God loves me with a patient love. God loves me with a love that he may provision for me. And he loves me in such a way that he would protect me. And he loves me with a pure love. It is untainted his love is holy toward his people. He provides. I came to God bankrupt. I had nothing to bring to God. On June 11th, 1978, I was 16 years old. I'm telling you, I had nothing to offer God, nothing to bring to him except my brokenness and my emptiness. And God took me at in all of my emptiness, in all of my depravity. And you know what he did? He made a way through Jesus that he would provide for me everything that I would ever need. God did that. He provides. He paid the price. What did I have to do to come to Jesus? Just believe. Why? Because Jesus had already paid the price. There's an old hymn that says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. So if you're here today and maybe you came and wasn't exactly sure what to expect today, but maybe you came and you've got some disappointment, you know what I'm going to ask you to do? Bring it to Jesus. Maybe you got a bad situation that you have no idea how you're going to get past it. You know what I'm going to ask you to do today? Bring it to Jesus. Have you got a shattered dream? Has your heart been broken? Have you been disillusioned? Has somebody that you thought really cared for you just kind of just stuck it to you? You know what I'm going to ask you to do today? Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to him. I'm asking you to come, bring all those hurts and all those broken dreams. And I want you to receive his love. I want you to rest in his love. You may not know what's around the corner. I don't really even know what's around the corner. As a matter of fact, by the time you get the end of chapter 3, you know there's another guy that could show up. You don't know if he's going to show up or not. You know what I'm saying? That's the idea of patient love. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Anybody here know what's going to happen tomorrow? have no clue. 
but I know who holds tomorrow, right? And I can trust him. You see, the real hero in this whole story is God himself. It's his kindness. It's his unfailing love. When I look at Ruth and her relationship to to Naomi, it's unfailing love. When I see Boaz and his relationship to Ruth, it's unfailing love. When I see God loving on his people, it is unfailing love. So whatever you brought with you today, you don't have to take home. You really can give it to a God who loves and he cares and he's made provision. And the only thing that's going to cost you (laughs) is to let it go. Just let it go. So I want to pray with you. And then in a moment, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask Arena if she will to go ahead and come to the piano. And she's just going to play something softly. And, and uh, I'm going to have Scott, and I'm going to ask Scott to, to, to be here at the front. And I'm going to ask Joey if he'll come and be right here at the front. And if you're here today and you just need somebody to pray with you, you, you just need somebody to encourage you. Um, these guys will be here. I'll be here. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior, and today is the day of salvation. And maybe you just maybe maybe you're looking for a church home and you just you, you just need a place that you can grow and develop. I believe that can be the place right here. I, I believe that. So I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet. And I'm going to pray over us. And then we're just going to have a time of invitation where if you need help, we want you to come and we want to help you. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for every person that's in this room today. And God, we believe, just as I, just as I believe that you are over everything that was going on in Ruth, I believe that you are over everything that is happening today. And Jesus, there is not a person in this room that you don't know about. God, you, you know everything about us. And Lord, if there's someone here today that's just struggling and, and their heart's been broken, Lord, I know that you know what that's like. And I know, God, that you can heal I know that you can restore. And God, whatever brokenness and empty emotions that we have going on right now, God, I know that you are more than adequate to meet us right where we are. And so, God, I believe that you are pursuing even now. And so, Lord, as we just have this moment, I just trust that you would work. And God, I pray that no one would leave here today carrying their burden or their difficulty with them. But God, we would give it to you today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. So as Arena just plays, these guys are here. If you need someone to help you, you just step out from where you are and you just let one of these guys pray with you today. Anyone at all, trust him. Trust him.
trusted. Hey, thank you for your attendance today, and thank you for your patience during an invitation. And uh, I, I want you to know the Lord's invitation is never over, all right? And so even after the service, if there's things that we can do to help you, and uh, man, we certainly want to do that. So, Joy, I'm going to ask you if you'd do me a favor, all right? So I want you to lead our families down to, because that's where the food's at, right? So, upward, baby, upward, that's right. You can get them to the food, right? All right, so all our families, we want you to stay. We want you to have lunch. And listen, there's no strings attached. We just want you to come downstairs, have lunch. Just we'll talk a little bit about it, and whenever you're ready to go, you can go. But we want you to come, and it's a free lunch for you. We have it catered. It's Flavor Shack. It is so stinking good, all right? It is, and I'll tell you, it's uh, it's. It's chicken. Bless the Lord of my soul. It's the Baptist bird. It's chicken, all right? There's chicken, and there's macaroni and cheese, and there's green beans and potato salad, banana pudding. Have mercy, all right? And so, so if, if we're going to be dismissed, but I want you to lead our families, okay? And Doug and Patty, y'all can lead them. And uh, God bless you. I'm so glad that each of you are here today. If you're glad you came, say, uh-huh. Amen. Listen, do me a favor. I want you to pray this week that the Lord will continue to speak. And I want you to try to bring somebody with you next Sunday, all right? God bless you. You're dismissed.